Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. We're going to talk about magic fingers. The tomfoolery of witchcraft trials. The satisfaction of Mr. Woodcock. And what do you people keep in your cellars? <laughs> All right, let's do this. Welcome to season two, episode 13 of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And this week we're talking houses of the holy. Holy holes, holy houses. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure all the blasphemous jokes will come out of today. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Um, you know, kind of. I actually went to a movie this weekend weird we don't go to movies a lot anyways but especially just like since the world's been weird but we went to the texas theater which is a historic movie house on jefferson boulevard in dallas texas in oak cliff where lee harvey oswald was arrested from and we saw the green knight which was good interesting beautifully stunning like visuals but weird i don't even know what that is it's a it's a take on one of the arthurian uh poems um so and the director's from uh the dallas area so kind of interesting yeah oh it's sir gawain gawain yeah that one oh interesting it's got Def patel in it that's pretty cool yeah he's the main character it's good it was good it was interesting it's just like like it is not an action film which is fine i wasn't necessarily expecting that but it's it's a lot more of just like a journey film but so did you, did then, you uh, ha- I was gonna say, did you like have flashbacks in medieval times and just start yelling boo? <laughs> no, I did not boo any of the knights in the movie. Um, <laughs> but though that is my specialty at medieval times. Uh, but yeah, no, we um, we had a good time doing that, and then we started drinking seltzers in the pool, and then we drank wine in the house and watched Harry Potter because um, that was Harry Potter's birthday. Uh, on July 31st, and uh, I got a Harry Potter cake out of the deal, and then I stayed up way too late drinking and watching Harry Potter, and made Sunday very painful. You know, I mean, this is how we rage these days. What do, why do you why do you have a hangover? Well, I was really up late watching Harry Potter. Yes, that's that's my story. So yeah, um, that's my excitement going on. And uh, what have you been up to? I have been cramming for my trip to Las Vegas to go to Hacker Summer Camp. And I'm being very rude right now because I just realized I did not pay my rent. And so I would like a house to come back to. So this is the, the glory of modern television, modern television, modern, <laughs> modern podcasting. That at the same time that I'm talking, I can send my landlord money. So I still have Yay. a house. Having a house would be good. I mean, I have somewhere to come home to after your, after your summer camp um yeah so uh that's pretty much i'm just trying to get all my work done and then all my non-work done and 
them to obsess over what shoes are not going to make my feet bleed, but still be cute, which is the the Vegas the Vegas struggle that always exists. It's the constant battle, but especially a Vegas battle because it's you, you're going to be fucking on your feet in Vegas. Well, if it. you're on your feet, and the thing you know, the floors are made so your feet hurt because they want you to sit down at a table. So they're just like, oh, if we just make all your feet hurt, then you're just not going to want to walk around. But then my friends don't care, and because they're they dudes and they want to walk around. And and yeah, at least it'll be a dry heat, I guess. I don't know. It was it was really gross here all this weekend. Although then t- today it was lovely raining. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was raining here. I don't like it. I know you do. Oh my god. It was hot. It was hot this weekend though. It was real fucking hot this weekend. So it was kind of humid and it was like over hundred. I'm like, oh, that's still toasty. But. Yeah, which I would know. I've actually left my house and we left to go to the grocery store and buy crap. I was like, uh, I was like looking at my grocery cart coming out. I'm like, I'm having issues because there is like milk bar came out with me cookies. And I was like, I need all their cookies. So then I bought all mm. their cookies. But I also have been cre- thinking about oatmeal cream pies, a little Debbie. So I bought those. And then I bought some ice cream. And <laughs> yeah, see, I, I don't have all that, but I do have a miniature happy birthday, Harry birthday cake and a, uh, a, a handful of lightning bolt um, cookies and a chocolate frog because they have the uh, to die fork is the name of the bakery uh, did a pop-up at BB Bop, which is a little Korean restaurant, uh, like Korean fusion uh, place by my house. So it's pretty, pretty tasty. Yep. Very excited about having cake after we record because I didn't eat it the, over the weekend. So tonight my beverage of choice is non-alcoholic because I have to pick and choose my sugar consumption. So I'm having a Zevia ginger root beer this evening. I am drinking demonic wine. Um, oh. I don't know. I, I don't know if it is demonic, but it has Asmodeus in the cover of it, or as I think they call it in this show, I think they end up pronouncing it. As Asmodeus, I, I always say, I always say Asmodeus, but that's because huh. of that. Uh, there was like a really weird, like not was it goth? What's the word I'm looking for? Industrial. There mm-hmm. was an industrial band Asmodeus. Hmm. Maybe they're Asmodeus. I don't know. But anyways, I, I, I thought Asmodeus. I don't know, but it's a cute little dog with like fire behind him and wings on it. It's called Pogiel Anima, and. It's Nero Diavola, Sicilia. So I'm just expecting this is red wine from Sicily yeah. or something. Sounds right. Sounds right. Or at least in the Sicilian style, which sometimes what they do. Well, they're... I mean, it's it's made from, it comes from Sicily. It was imported into New Jersey. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually brought bought some like ginger beer lemonade, which I intended to make with vodka, but then I wanted to start drinking earlier and I couldn't, I can't have cocktails by myself. Like if I it was like, no, I, I was like, I have to write. I need wine. I can't write without wine. It's impossible. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. I think so. So yeah, demon wine will be fueling me tonight and hopefully I won't be hungover tomorrow so I can get all my shit done. Yay. No. It's very appropriate to be drinking demon wine while we talk about churches. I thought so. Um, 
So I picked that one just for that. Also just because it had a screw top, but it was just seemed really easy. I was like, damn it. I just, oh, man, like putting, finding the, like which corkscrew do I choose? And then I have to put it in and then I have to turn it. And the whole thing where it, you can just twist the top off and it's got the screw top. And just, it's that's why it's a demon wine. It's just like, this is how easy it is for you to drink me. So easy. Just, just twist, just twist it. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Oh, all right. So tell so, me, tell me about, tell me about Houses of the Holy. So Houses of the Holy, um, which is a Led Zeppelin album, if you did not know. Um, this, as Diana said, this is season two, episode 13. This first aired February 1st, 2007, and was directed by Kim Manners and written by Sarah Gamble. So uh, some of our, our favorite peeps are here on the, on this episode. So I have feelings but not a lot of feelings i don't know have a mediocre episode again but we're gonna start off in providence rhode island we're going to p-town p-town <laughs> yeah so we, we open up this episode with there's a girl a woman that looks kind of like she's been living a little bit of a rough life we find out more about what i think in the transcript they called her a hooker and i'm like really guys but yeah she she doesn't look good no she, she looks a little rough um probably about how I looked that Saturday night uh, on my sofa. Um, smoking a cigarette, watching TV, and it's kind of creepy. Like, I, this part actually did kind of creep me out. It was pretty freaky when it opened up, like, the where she has the televangelist, like, she's changing channels and a televangelist is on, and she turns the TV off. Well, she changed channels from the Drew Carey show, and then, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, why would you turn off Drew Carey? Anyways. Um, I could hear Mimi in the background, and I forgot how much I, I love Mimi. I'm like, damn it, I have to watch that show again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she, and so tell Vandal's son, she's like, uh, no dice, and turns the TV off. And then the lights start flickering and the TV pops back on. And as the televangelist again, it's almost like he's talking directly to her, real freaky. And it's like zooming in and the whole apartment starts shaking. And I'm like, I don't like this. This is scary. So I'm like, this is not a nice televangelist. That's all you know right then. But, and then the, not, I don't know if there are nice televangelists, but anyways. And then, like, oh, <laughs> I'm just saying. And then I was like, I was like, this is a little terrifying. My little, my little, my little Catholic heart doesn't handle that the 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 super like Protestant televangelist real well. They're a little there were, they, he there was a lot of fire and brimstone coming from yeah, him. It was a lot. It was weird. Um, and then you see a bright light in the doorway, and she's like staring into it, and then the scene ends. So we cut to a hospital room, and it's the same chick, but she's like taken a shower and like washed her hair since then and uh, and is not smoking but she's reading the bible we find out her name is gloria um she's played by heather dorkson who is actually on sabrina also the new sabrina um she played gryla um oh yeah i thought she looked familiar yeah i love gryla gryla was a great character so anyway so sam walks into the room he dressed as an orderly and like white scrubs so you're like oh obviously the imagery here we're in a mental mental institution institution of some kind that's the hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride trying to hug at me all right there we go um all right sorry so, tlc breakdown it happened it's it it's it we're gonna roll with it uh so um she basically he's asking her about like what she saw um and like like oh i'm just checking in on you she's like you're not the same guy he's like oh yeah but he gets her to like kind of talk about what she saw and it ends up she's like no i'm not i'm not crazy but i did stab a man in the heart because it was god's will yeah not crazy hmm. 
Yeah, things that don't don't make you ponder, huh? I saw a thing, and then it told me to stab something. That's cool. Yeah, she helped to smite an evil man because God sent an angel to her in white light, and it was her chance for redemption. So Ooh. in past tense, wouldn't she have smoted him? Uh, I'm, I wrote down what they said on the show, but yes, I know. That I was, was my concern too. That was my concern too. I'm like, uh, do we have some grammar and some tense issues going on here? You can you can smite somebody, but I think if I I think in the past they I smoked smoked. you. Or smooted. I smooted you. They're smooted. I smooted you so hard. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so, but then she was like, made a big deal about how she saw a sign and the angel said that the man was guilty. That's it. That's what matters. To his deepest foundation. Guilty to his deepest right. foundation. I didn't write that down and it matters, but I didn't write that down. Yeah. I was like, ah. Because I was like, well, at the time, I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, she's just making the point that he's fucking guilty as hell. And then, yeah. So, um, Dean gets get, yeah. Dean turned into a really big fan of the magic fingers, which is a vibrating hotel bed. So gross, but also, yeah. I mean, if I was there, I would probably be doing that too. And also, again, you guys are upping upping your art decorations because oh hotel yeah, with the weird out. like with their like trucker girl silhouettes, and then like the like seventies like Afro yeah, girl like, silhouettes. There was like, it was both like all over the yeah, place. It was weird. They're, well, they're both mud flap girls. It is like yeah. we have the black mud flap girls and we have the white ones, and yeah. I appreciate both of you. Like this is like so great. The all the posters in this room are amazing. All the paintings, like it's yeah. good job, guys. All right. So, we yeah, never get might. the name of this motel, though. I wish we did. Like, I bet it has yeah. a good one. Yeah, I bet it does. Yeah. So you you said you would have been down with the 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 magic fingers massaging bed, but I don't think you would have been listening to Led Zeppelin like he was. I'm just gonna go out on a limb there. You never know. I mean, maybe I I decided that Robert Plant wasn't a slimy fuck, and the sorry, that's a screeching weasel lyric. It's not me. And you can you can hate on, there are many reasons to hate on Ben Weasel, but that lyric was fucking genius. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so I'm, poor I'm, Dean. I'm, yeah. yeah, he's all sad because he's bored and on lockdown because he and was, he ran out of quarters. Well, that too. He's <laughs> he's out of quarters for the magic fingers, but he also is like having like hide out from being seen on the news during the goddamn bank robbery in the last episode um so sam's like uh i I met with gloria she totally believes it i can't find any dirt on the man that she killed though so we don't really know like why she thought he was guilty of something and if so what it was and um basically we get kind of like a weird like faith conversation it's kind of an interesting one here where sam's like yeah i i believe in a- angels and dean's like the fuck how do you believe in angels i've never seen one really and sam's argument is pretty fair it's like we we deal with a lot of shit that people don't believe in or have seen like supernatural shit all the time and angels is where you draw the line of things you believe in that's kind of weird and there's a ton of lore on them da, da, da. And he's like yeah but i still haven't seen one it's bullshit so it's kind of weird i thought then they think that unicorns aren't real and i got very upset because we know unicorns are real god damn it guys uh but also i mean i think dean is having some giant emotional reaction to angels not just in a oh th- is this our thing normal thing right. it was you could obviously tell there is some sort of subtext underneath absolutely and we that. get to that a little bit later when he talks a little yeah. bit more about it but yeah for sure so he's just really like defensive about like 
didn't like angels, but, um, so, um, Dean's just super freaking stir crazy. He needs to get out, but they, um, they want to go. He wants to go and, investigate and Sam's already like, look, I've already done this. I've already looked by all, I looked at Gloria's house. There's no sulfur, there's no EMF readings. So um, let's go, you know, check out the victim's house. And they go and guess what there is, is a giant plastic angel by the front door, which would have been the, the symbol that she thought she saw probably. Maybe. And Dean says, always take down your Christmas decorations or you might get filleted by a hooker from God. And it's fair. That's good advice. I was like, damn. I was very amused by that line. Uh, so yeah, so they, they're looking around and of course there's a creepy locked cellar at the back of the house. And so of course they have to break in and they both kind of are like, oh, guilty to his deepest foundations. Could it have been literal? And apparently it was because uh, they find a fingernail embedded in the wall, which just made my hands hurt really bad so gross so gross like i don't know why like if like there could have been like a chopped off arm and i would have been like oh chopped off arm that's fine but the one fingernail like no there's a fingernail you could like feel it oh so upsetting and as someone especially someone that wears like like acrylic nails all the time oh it hurts so bad just watching that i was like oh my god i thought you powder dipped not anymore now they're back to acrylic because i Uh. go to a nail artiste now and they, uh, they don't okay. like they don't like the dip so yeah okay um also beyond the fingernail grossness uh i was very disappointed there was no satan's pickles in this in this in the cellar i looked i looked i looked really hard and i didn't i didn't gross, see any but there were random gross jars full of shit well i mean no what else? pickles what do you, what else do you put in your cellar, right? Your cellar's got to have something in it. And so, I mean, that's where you put your jars of stuff. What do you keep in a cellar, people in the North? We do not understand this. Like, why? I'm very confused. Like, are there random jars of liquids in the, in your cellar? Like, is that just what you do? I don't know. I, we don't know. In Texas, we don't have those things because they're weird. Well, no, mainly because it's a really big pain in the ass to blast a foundation down. And so we just have to, if there's a tornado, then we just have to go, I'll just hide in this hallway. It's fine. It's not a cellar. Yeah, sure. Um, Anyway, so no Satan's pickles, fingernails. And there's a skeleton. And they pick the, they just somehow knew like where. The skeleton would be. Yeah. Good good on you guys. Like this is not a sexy digging the grave time. I mean, cool. I'm glad you found it, but. And that was a very decomposed skeleton, which, like, true crime is like, no, based on what you said later. Very long time. That was there for a very long time. This probably wasn't the dude she stabbed in the heart. This was probably somebody else's victim. So maybe it was. I don't know. Anyways, okay. So victim in the victim in the floor, and uh, we find a skeleton. They're like shit. Well, like yeah. So the guy she stabbed may have been a shit bag after all, and killed some girl. That's. But we don't know when, but at some point, the guy that, sh- the, that she stabbed obviously killed somebody and buried them in his base, in his cellar. Uh, so yeah, so ne- our next scene, we cut to a kind of scruffy looking dude watch, uh, reading a graphic novel and drinking a beer in bed. Uh, yeah, this guy looks like all the ones that Match.com is trying to tell me that I should date. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, was this guy in like my profile match? Like, did he send me a message? And he, I'm sure he's like, I live in Wimberley. And, you know, I'm going to sit here reading beer in my, reading beer, reading, reading terrible comic books and drinking beer. Because that's what good, I'm not going to judge you guys for, for reading comic books as adults. But that was not a healthy reading of a comic book. 
I did call it a graphic novel to be fair, not a comic book. So I'm really proud of myself as someone that doesn't read them at all. That was wasn't like, a graphic novel. That was a comic book. There's a difference. Yes. I, yeah. I just thought like the grown-ups read graphic novels. No, grown-ups read comics. Graphic novels are actual novels with pictures. They're novels, but with pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I just like thought it was like a, like a thicker comic book than most. I guess that's why I assumed it was a graphic novel. Why are you looking at the sickness of the sky lying on the bed, Diana? Jeez. Are you a married woman? Dirty. So dirty. So the apartment starts shaking and he's kind of like looking around, freaking out and spills his beer. And then there's a bright light. And we don't see much else from the scene. It just cuts to him like out on a walk. Like he found a hoodie, a dirty hoodie, and was out walking around. And um, then he sees a light in a front yard that kind of almost has like, like a silhouette of a figure with it. So he goes up and knocks on the front door. I'm like, oh shit, this guy's seeing a sign. Here we go. And introduces himself as Zach to the guy that opens the door and then just stabs him. Yeah, Zach also seemed really happy about what, like, during this entire communications, I think it was just like, I want you to stab, oh, we'll stab somebody. No, 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 he's bad. No, I don't care. I'll stab anybody. <laughs> you're telling, you're giving me something to do? I get to stab someone? This is awesome. Yeah, no, it's for God. Uh, that, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Whatever. That's nice. <laughs> I just want to stab uh, someone. Yeah. So we cut back to the motel uh, and Dean's listening to the scanner and uh, he's just like really wants quarters for his magic fingers. He's just very upset that Sam doesn't have quarters for him. Sam won't enable him. <laughs> Damn so it, Sam. Sam figures out that three students had disappeared from the college uh, library at the library that the first victim worked at. So he was a bad guy and apparently was abducting and killing college students. And um, then um, they figure out that this has happened again. And Zach was known as like the local town drunk, basically, which just feels like weird. I'm like, okay, it's like Providence. It's actually like a city, kind of. It's a big town and there's a lot of drunks there. Watch yeah, P-Town. I'm like, oh, he's like the drunk. Okay. Anyways. No, that's um, just what, pro- that's what that drunk. town is known for. Like if you're known in Providence as a drunk, then drunk. good he's boy. Like, effort into it so <clears throat> they're like all right well now we go to this victim's house and so they break into a very old window by the way that window would have been painted shut you would not have been able to do that well they, you also did not need to do parkour to get up to this well, window they're just like pew, pew, yeah, jump on this like a backflip over this garbage dump and then like I'll, i'm in the house and i'm like i'm pretty sure off. You just could have walked up to the back door um, because these cops clearly don't care. We're in another town where the cops are just like, clear, if I just put tape around, this makes my crime scene secure. Absolutely. Totally secure. Yep. So they're, um, I bet you love this scene too. They're looking around the house. They're like, I can't find shit. What's, what did this guy do? Was he actually a bad guy or was this random? And Sam totally unlocks the password. He's like, this pa- this file is password protected, so I'm going to hack it. And I'm going to hack it by pressing a bunch of keys at the same time and shaking my keyboard. And that is how you hack, motherfuckers. <laughs> and he was hacking a file of saved emails, apparently, because it was very like, that's not really... Are you hacking into his email or are you hacking into a save file? Like, I don't fucking know. It was very. No, there, there is bad computer stuff here. Bad. If that would, that's not how computers work. What? That's, that's not? <laughs> are you kidding? No, that's crazy but, talk. But you know he does, but and we find out that a pedo. our victim was a chomo. Yeah, yeah, gross, gross. So he was sending nasty, like 
he was trying to meet a 13 year old girl and sending her nasty like emails and they were going to meet that day well technically his emails weren't nasty at least well they weren't they weren't nasty they were nasty nasty. it's nasty that he was going to meet a third it's nasty because he was talking to a 13 year old and trying to get her to meet up and saying like i understand your parents don't want you to get you have to lie to your mom Anyways. Is this just going to be a vomit episode? That's just me and Diana making vomit noises. I know, a lot of hours. So I am going to like, I'm not going to go deep on this yet because it, w- it will come up again in this episode, but I'm starting to have a little minor ethical dilemma though. Obviously this guy's a shitbag. Shouldn't be messaging this young girl, blah, 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 blah. But does that mean that he got killed before he could actually do something? Is this like some like preventing people from doing stuff? Because I've got some major ethical dilemmas with that. Because if he didn't actually do something yet, like I'm not saying it's okay to message little girls. I'm not. I promise. I promise. But he didn't physically act on something. Are we going to punish people for thinking about doing something bad? Anyways, there we go. Yeah, that's, no, that's where is, I was going mentally. It's very is, freaky to me. Well, and this he is still very broke the different. log probably, but this guy. But we'll get. Yeah, and likely he wants a wants a chomo. Probably he, this is not the first thirteen year old girl. First, I understand. But. but at the same, well, at the same time, there's a lot of ethical problems with this. You know, you're not. This is vengeance, not justice. This is minority report shit because i'm yes. just like oh i know yes. i know you're going to do something at the same time they were to go back to the baby hitler argument of would could you kill baby hitler you know like eh, i mean i don't know maybe just take baby hitler for some ice cream and he won't turn out to be a fucking asshole like buy, buy him some better art lessons I'm just yeah no some some better like just buy his art like if i just bought his painting and then he'd be like cool like i don't need to commit genocide somebody likes my terrible artwork Um, so all right anyways so so we we now sam's on the it's avenging angel Avenging Angel. i think that's a tv show sounds like it i was trying to think i was like uh, i was thinking descending angels that's getting misfits on um Anyway, so now we've got, and then they figure out that it's the, both the victims now, both these guys that have been killed went to the same church, which is a weird connection to have. But um, so they decide to go to the church. So now we're at, I guess this is the house of the holy at this point. Um, and they're talking to the priest uh, at the church about being potential new parishioners that just moved to town. Uh, the priest basically, is, you know, he believes in angels, but he doesn't really think that, you know, angels would be more, he thinks that angels would be more loving than wrathful, which is kind of funny when you talk about like, like well, that is our perception a lot of times, like, oh, angels, okay, they're protecting us. But like the, the lore and the Bible <laughs> about angels, they're not super fucking nice. <laughs> they're not <laughs> like they're messengers yes okay they they're also they're also vengeful and wrathful sometimes so there we go um but yeah angels are dicks and we'll just yes. <laughs> summary and just note that i said that in season two episode 13 and we'll see when that gets repeated no spoilers. Uh, um, okay, angels are dicks. Um, but yeah, it's a, a very interesting theological conversation, you know, with you know, and with a priest who's just yeah. like, "Hey, like, here's Michael. Wasn't Michael good?" And he's like, "Well, the angels love us." And we're like, eh. hmm. I'm like, "You're dogma." You know, there's a lot of dogma at the Catholic Church. I'm like, "No, no, no you just okay." Um, so, anyways, 
and they start going about that and they they start to like well we guess we're gonna go but they go outside and they're like hey what what are all these these you know dollars and candles yeah what are these dollar candles yeah because those are clearly the ones that you buy at the 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 gas station That's it. Uh, and and the Unless priest, if they all had Dolly Parton on them, it would be amazing. All the prayer awesome. candles. I am wearing a Dolly Parton shirt. shirt, and I do have a Dolly Parton prayer candle. So it's I've got I've got like four Dolly Parton prayer candles. And, really? Uh, oh yeah, and Willie, and I don't know who else. Lots of, uh, lots of. I've got I've got Dolly and Pee Wee Herman, and uh, uh, I forget who else I have. I have a couple others. I definitely have those. Dolly Parton and Pee Wee Herman prayer candles. That's, yeah. That's what my altar looks like. So um, Father Gregory was shot outside of the church for his car keys, supposedly. And I'm talking about how the neighborhood's going to crap. You know, one of those. That is pretty crappy. Like, that's pretty I fucked up. Like, like you shoot a priest on the church steps for his car keys. That's like, that's I, don't, I, don't know if you believe, I don't know if you believe in heaven or hell or karma or what. I think you're pretty fucked if you do that. <laughs> like, whatever it is, you're kind of fucked. Well, and as an atheist, like, I'm just like, no, I still, no. You don't shoot or, a priest? Like, no. well, some priests maybe, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, you don't carjack a priest. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that's, okay. part, that's fucked up. Yeah. This is what happens. When you carjack I, a priest, no, this is what happens. And you no jury is going to feel bad for you. Yeah, no, you're you're not getting out. Yeah, all, right. all bad. So um, this Sam is kind of like a, you know the Dean thinks that the dead priest is a spirit that's causing all this to happen. Sam's like, no, I still think it could be a you know an answered prayer because this the the priest that's running the church has been praying for more help for the community and blah blah blah. Dean mocks him, um, but Sam confesses that he actually prays every day which I thought was a, a kind of a thing. I think it really caught Dean off guard when they were having that conversation. I mean, it, it shocked him. And I was like, it was like, he was very, was very surprised. Yeah. Well, and I guess also if you think about, you know, how they were raised, I mean, it sounds like Mary probably talked about religion with them, but I don't think John did beyond the fact that demons are bad and let's shoot them. You know, that was probably, although they did have that, the original uh, Pastor Jim, yeah, they did. Yeah, and they were close with him. So they decided to go down to where the priest is interred uh, in the basement of the church. And there's a bunch of angel statues. And um, while they're walking down, Dean goes into the the, the crypt space where the, where the priest uh, interred. And one of the angels starts shaking and Sam sees the bright light. Um, so yeah. Uh, also then, yeah also ahead. so down there so they built the crypt um so this was a set piece right so but they made it look really real like they, yeah. they did a good job of it they also put a really sassy little cherub in there i don't know if you saw his little finger pointing and i was just like that's a fat little cherub like what are you sassy pointing cherub. at what are you pointing at you sassy little cherub and then um and so dean comes out to find sam like where the hell did you go we just walked in this room and um uh, Sam, he finds Sam unconscious on the floor. He said he saw an angel. And so Dean tries to hand him his flask as his response. That was pretty funny. But um, Sam's trying to explain that he really, it appeared before him. He had a feeling of peace. Dean's still like, nah, bro, this was totally just a spirit. And uh, Sam explains that he was told that he needed to kill somebody. So now we have that. And he uh, seems okay with it. 
exactly. no, because it's because it's before they do something bad and and you can tell he's not like on board with it so but he's also like maybe this is god's will and this is where dean reveals that he really doesn't have this kind of faith because mom had faith mary had faith and it didn't help like she prayed every night for angels to look over them and look what happened to her and to their family and to everything else and uh, so if this is actually real, he needs hard proof of it. Otherwise, he just doesn't believe in any kind of angelic force. Fair. And so there's, a, and then he points out that there is a plant kind of vine that's on the priest's grave. And I missed the name. And I'm sorry. I, oh, I, I I've got this. you, girl. Of course, I've got you. I know. You it, know. it was Wormwood. So oh. the reason why you know Wormwood is because this is how we get absent. Absent. <laughs> yeah. So, so what Dean says is that, you know, Wormwood is associated with the dead. And I just went to Wikipedia, which also I love the fact there's a Wikipedia. Uh, and so I didn't do a ton of research into this because I was busy researching other shit. Um, so some of the things, though, that I think is interesting on it. So the name absinthum may come from a word meaning unenjoyable, referring to the bitter taste. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So I don't know if you've had absinthe but so absinthe tastes like licorice that's one of the th qualities of, of wormwood it basically tastes like black licorice so starnies whatever disgusting so i am glad that absinthia means unenjoyable uh hilarious but also the term wormwood comes mm -hmm. from the fact that people used to eat this to cure their per their parasitic worms that was in their body so you would you would eat this and then you would vomit them up uh so hey. if yeah, it, it is said that the wormwood first grew from the path of the serpent as it exited the Garden of Eden. So as the, the nope rope is going by, oh my God, did you see the penis snakes? What? Diana's like, where did you go? I'm sorry, no probe. So there's these new penis snakes that have invaded Florida and they're really disgusting and they look like penises. Anyways, look no. it up. Um, all right, so back to wormwood. Oh, wormwood. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, what just happened? What, did, I, like, did I like black out for a second? That was so like random. I was like, technically, it wasn't random. I was talking about snakes. it wasn't. It tied in. I was just like, wait, what? Where did this come from? Uh, and I want all of you now to go and Google penis snakes. So this is I want the entire world to go ew because they're nasty. They're nasty. I don't want to see them. Yeah, but I don't. So, but I'm gonna, throw, I'm gonna throw in that I don't hate absinthe. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've drank my share of absinthe. This tastes disgusting, though. Uh, so if you macerate wormwood and soak it in wine for several days and then strain it, you can use this wine to induce visions and astral protection and divination. Um, yes. So, so when, when, when are we doing that? <laughs> Never, because it's unenjoyable. <laughs> no, you don't, have any, you don't have any star anise in that one. It'll be fine. We're just getting, we just need to find some wormwood. It's just, it's wine. just that the wormwood just tastes like sarnese that is just the it's that Weird. note um but it can also be used in spells to send harmful magic back on its center you can use it in spells for vengeance and if you combine it with mug work and burn it then you can use it to call spirits uh but you should make sure the area is well ventilated as the smoke can be very irritating to the eyes and throat and it's toxic if inhaled um it's also said to be useful in banishing spirits well i mean if you're dead you're not going to see any more spirits so they'll be gone yeah so don't smoke the wormwood guys that's just what i'm saying <laughs> psa don't psa 
right. it's actually not that hard to find. I've I've bought it back in my witch days, but yeah, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to find. So, um, so Dean's convinced that his father Gregory, in order to do this, he wants to have a seance. So, yep. so they're gonna have a seance in the basement of a church. I'm just like my mind's blown. That sounds exciting. I would told that's where I want to have seances in a crypt. Woo! Yeah. So we're gonna talk about seances anyways because I need to talk about something on this. So I don't know if your timer's at, but uh, so we're gonna talk about a famous seance person. So lore time. talk about hellish nell have you ever heard of her helen Mm -hmm. duncan all right so helen duncan is famous because she is the last person to be convicted of witchcraft Mm. so very interesting woman with very many takes on this so she was born victoria helen mcfarlane and there was actually a lot more names in there um but she was born in calendar scotland in 1897 so we're gonna get my one thing that i can say with a scottish accent whore she was a whore she was not a whore um, <laughs> you just wanted to say that really bad because that's the only thing i can say in that accent that doesn't sound like a jamaican person okay so in 1897 she's born she's uh, one of like eight kids because they were scottish and they're fucking a lot and they're poor so they just made more babies um and everyone says you know like the sight ran in her family and even mm. as a child you know she was already seeing the spirits and this comes from helenduncan.org so take this these stories some of these, I have many sources in this, obviously. The, this first two source, source stories come directly off of HelenDuncan.org. So, eh. um, so according to there, once you know, her teacher wrote some questions on the blackboard and told the students to write their answers down on their slates, because you know this was when they just had their little chalkboards and they would write mm-hmm. down their answers. And so Helen wrote the number of the questions down, but she didn't know the answers. So she prayed, and wouldn't you know it, the answers just appeared on her slate. The teacher saw the answers weren't in her handwriting and accused her of cheating. Helen said, oh, no, I didn't copy any other children's answers, but I don't know how they got here. They just got here. That would be, you know, it's cool. And then he was like, "Eh, I don't know if I buy that, but okay. Um, But then there's another astonishing tale from her childhood where Helen kept thinking of the number 1066. Later during a history lesson, as the teacher was talking about the Battle of Hastings and wrote 1066 on the blackboard, he had a heart attack and died. Be amazed. So Helen became an embarrassment to her family because her mom was like, something's wrong with this child. We're going to take it to the doctor. So she takes it to the doctor and then basically Helen's like, doctor's going to die. And then he died. (laughs) So a look... (laughs) Yeah, He's, he got into a car accident and skidded on a road. And so she was then condemned by the local Presbyterian minister who accused her of consorting with the devil. Witchcraft, mm. she's a witch. So she left the village at age of tender age of 16 and she went to Dundee. And so Dundee, I guess, is Scotland, although it sounds Australian to me. But yeah, so yeah. she goes to Dundee and it was at the outbreak of World War One. So she started working in factories to make ammunitions and things like that. Uh, later, she became a nurse. And while she was nursing, her best friend, Jean Duncan, introduced Helen to her family, including her brother, Henry. And apparently Henry's first words when he met Helen were, so we meet at last. 
because they had both had visions about each other. So, yeah, they, they dreamed about what each would, other. What, what would you say if a guy said that to you? <laughs> would you let him buy you a drink? So well, I mean, a girl's got a drink. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm not saying I talk to him, but I take the drink. I mean, I'm so trying out free booze. So we meet at last. Ah, so, so. <laughs> All right. Oh, so <laughs> they get married and they also have eight children, but two of them died in infancy. So they have Bella, Nan, Lily, and Henry, Peter, and Gina. Peter, not Pe- Peter. Oh, Sorry, okay. Peter. I know you got excited. Hunger Games. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Helen, like, well, Helen is trying to supplement their household income by basically doing laundry, working in a bleach mill. And then one day, Helen had a vision about Henry. She rushed to his workshop and he had suffered a heart attack. He wasn't dead, but he couldn't work anymore. Hmm. So basically, Helen's like, well, fuck. I got six kids, a husband that can't work. I am not making a lot of money doing laundry, but you know what I'm really good at? Pretending to be a psychic. Yeah, talking to dead things. So um, Helen, encouraged by Henry, starts holding evening seances, and she was aided by her spirit guide, Albert Stewart, a sardonic Scottish immigrant to Australia who appeared regularly in seances throughout her career. Uh, He was often accompanied by another one of her spirit guides, a little girl named Peggy, who allegedly uh, danced and sang and swung from curtain rails. But, you know, this was actually a really good time to be a medium. So we're coming off of the end of the spiritualist movement. So a number of people are still in the spiritualist religion. But also World War I just happened. So all these people have dead relatives. So it's a really good time to be like, hey, you want to talk to your dead person who died in this thing? I'm here. Uh, So while Miss Duncan was in trances, she would produce a slimy supernatural substance called ectoplasm through her mouth and nose, which would then transform into the physical beings of spirits who could then communicate with her loved ones. And I'll send you some pictures because... It's so good. Um, An example of one of her satisfied clients was Vincent Woodcock. Uh, His satisfaction, yeah, I said Woodcock. (laughs) You said the satisfaction of Woodcock. I I could handle the satisfaction or Woodcock, but when you put them together, together, yeah, yeah. you can't. Yeah. And I will say also the satisfactions. this came out during testimony later. So we'll maybe think how satisfied he was. But hmm. so he claimed his dead wife had appeared in 19 seances he had attended over three years. And lucky for him, on one occasion, he was sitting with his sister-in-law and Helen went into her trance and ectoplasm started coming from her mouth. Um, then it became the form of his recently deceased wife. And this is a quote from the transcripts. Okay. My wife came through and invited her sister-in-law to come up to her in front of the cabinet. And my wife came up to me and took this ring off my finger, which I have here. She pulled it round thus, and she put it on my sister-in-law's hand. She clasped her hands together and kissed them and said, it is my wish that this takes place for the sake of our little girl. 12 months after that, his sister-in-law got married. So, um, and she, she basically, yeah. So 
he married his sister-in-law because his dead wife came in a seance and then and said to because he had a they had he had a child and so really i'm like oh so you want to bang your sister-in-law and you use this as an excuse to like say, it'll be okay. My dead wife likes it because she was probably like, oh no, heavens to Betsy, I cannot. And sorry, I, I told you, I heavens to Betsy. Heavens to Betsy. I just love that you went to that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know, in Scotland, clearly that is what they say. And it's like, oh, we must be married because my dead sister. Okay. So, Weird. So weird. So that was a that's a good instance. Now we're gonna start going into some of the debunking, which is just also fucking brilliant. So in 1928, uh, a photographer Harvey Metcalf went to a bunch of seances at her house. Uh, he took flash photographs of her and her materialization. Remember, like shit coming out of her mouth, turning mm-hmm. into things. Um, so they're like, yeah, some of these spirits, yeah, they, they may not be real. Uh, one of them was like, that's a doll. And it's made out of paper mache draped into an old sheet. And when you see these pictures, you'll be like, oh, okay. I get, but yeah, they're, they are hilarious, uh, but also very frightening. <laughs> if I saw- in, so she was into crafting is what you're telling me? Yeah, I actually, I really like Helen, by the way. I think, I think, <laughs> I think Helen was like, I'm fucking poor. And I need to feed my family. So we're going to do some shit. So we're going to make some fucking crafts. We're going to craft like a motherfucker. And we're going to fucking make this shit happen. Yep. I was like, we're we're getting fed. You know, bitches, bacon's going to be on the table tonight. Uh, So in 1931, there is a man named Harry Price. He was the director of the National Laboratory of Psychical Research, and he was invited under the London Spiritualist Alliance, the LSA, uh, to examine Helen and see whether or not she was fake. So Harry Price is really famous in the debunking of the spiritualist people. Uh, Like, for a while, he was really good friends with them because they're like, of course, come come tape us so we have so much this is all real it's all happening and then when he kept like exposing people they They stopped liking it as much um so while he does his examination he determines that her ectoplasm was cheesecloth paper mixed with the white of an egg and lavatory paper so tp so basically she was eating eggs wrapped in toilet paper and then vomiting them up to make her ectoplasm so that's dedication i'm like yeah bitch like you were just i'm gonna make this happen what? yeah yeah what what yeah i mean couldn't time- you have just like figured out that she had like a really bad like hay fever allergy and then just like cough some shit up? <laughs> so she's like eat, literally was like eating this and then puking it out of her mouth and nose like ah. Oh. yeah and then oh. right into paper dolls so then like the dolls would then rise up yeah it's it's bizarre oh it's uh, horrifying but pri- okay but also like i still appreciate the ingenuity or ingenuity not ingenuity whatever ingenuity you know what I mean. ingenuity uh, she's like an ingenue but she's a, an old woman i don't I, whatever uh, so but harry price was also just he was a dick and like when he was describing people he said some shitty things and the things he said about helen he was like could anything be more infantile than a group of grown-up men wasting time money and energy on the antics of a fat female crook damn 
Yeah, fuck you, Harry. Like, I'm sure of those hell, and I'd be like, look at all my money, bitch. And then he'd be like, you're a fat crook. Fat and crook. she'd be like, but my kids ain't hungry, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah they got some food here, bitch. And I didn't uh, steal from anybody. They willingly paid for this dumbass shit that I'm doing. Yeah. So there was another instance, because some, sometimes Helen was kind of going along with these these you know things that were trying to disprove her but there was one time where price was like i'm going to x-ray you and this is a quote so she jumped up and dealt him a smashing blow on the face which sent him reeling she then made a lunge at dr william brown who fortunately avoided the blow suddenly without the slightest warning she jumped up pushed mrs goldney aside unfastened the door and dashed into the street where she had another attack of alleged hysterics and commenced tearing her seance garment to pieces. Her husband dashed after her, followed by the other sitters. She was found clutching the railing, screaming, and Mr. Duncan was past trying to pacify her. There was this love, like, oh, you're going to take an x-ray of me? I'm going to punch you in the face. And have a meltdown. <laughs> have a meltdown. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm, she she went all in, man. She she's fucking owned like, that shit. Because you know, you know, she was faking that shit. Like she's just like, fuck it, I'm going for it. I'm gonna punch okay, this guy in the face, and I'm gonna freak the fuck out. Watch this. Watch, yeah. watch this, motherfuckers. Watch this. Like, look over there. Like, it's like, oh, you're gonna X-ray me? No, I'm gonna punch you in the face. I love her. Um, at another seance in 1933 in January, uh, Peggy emerged into the seance room and one of the sitters i guess as they're calling people who watch them named essen mall what a terrible name is her first name is essen e-s-s-o-n and her last i think this is the woman um and the last name is m-a-u-l-e i don't know terrible hmm. uh, so basically she grabbed peggy and the lights went on and peggy was real to be made from a stocking net under vest so I had to look up what a stocking net was. So what the fuck is a stocking net? And so it was an elastic knitted fabric used especially in making undergarments, bandages, and baby clothes. Um, you can still buy it on Amazon, by the way. I'm sure this is not going to be popping in my Amazon feed, you know, along with my holy water and, and devil dolls. Um, <laughs> take that algorithm. Uh, uh. So anyways, basically it was a, a she faked the fake Peggy. Duh. Uh, so the police were called and she was prosecuted and fined 10 pounds. The undervest was used as evidence, but led to her, her first conviction, or at least this conviction, of fraudulent medium mediumship at the Edinburgh. Fraudulent mediumship. Yep. Sheriff Court Trial, 1933. So that's 1933. So she goes along. La, la, la. I'm, I'm going to say I was bringing up your dad. No, no, no. We get to 1941 and World War II has broken out. So England's going like a bunch of shit's happening in England. Uh, they're getting bombed all the time and things are just bad. And so in November, 861 men died on the HMS Barham. Um, so this tanker, though, this British tanker that was bombed, nobody was told about it. That was being kept as top secret. But then there's a seance, and <laughs> Duncan's like, a spirit from the ship named Sid has come. And he's come to visit me and telling me that the ship has sunk. And so now I'm going to talk to all these widows. And the word apartment was like, whoa, whoa. What? Pause. Yeah. How do you know? We didn't. We, we didn't say tell this to anybody. What the fuck yeah. is this medium doing talking about it? So now, like, the, the like, she's starting to get the attention of the actual military because they're like what the fuck is happening yeah. um 
So basically, uh, they did determine there was a leak of the secretary of the the secretary of the first lord. Oh, you fucking British people. The secretary of the first lord had been indiscreet to Professor Michael Postum of the Ministry of Economic Warfare, not realizing it was a secret. Uh, so they think that it leaked out, then she got to this, but I think she also, like, one of her daughter's husbands was on there or something. I, I was reading a book that was very confusing, and it was, like, set, like, it seemed like a lot of fiction. And I, like, the woman, like, she had a lot of great sources, but the way it was re reading, I was like, I can't quote from this book because I don't believe you. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, so she started, like, the military is, like, her tracking, track, like, they're watching her. Like, Go yeah. eyes on you, Helen. And in 1944, two lieutenants, two Jesus, two lieutenants were among her audience at a seance, and one of them, Lieutenant Worth, he was not as impressed as a white cloth figure had disappeared behind the curtains claiming to be his aunt, but he didn't have a dead aunt. And she also claimed to be speaking with his dead sister, but his sister was very much alive. And he's like, no, I don't believe this. So I'm going to go to the cops. That so this really is really sloppy for her. That doesn't seem like. Yeah, it seems like a it's bad cold reading. Bad, bad on you, Helen. Uh, so he went to the cops and five days later an undercover policeman showed up at another seance and another white shrouded paper mache ghost appears and this one actually turned out to be duncan like it was actually helen like in a sheet and so she attempted to conceal that when discovered but she was arrested i just like love her show like the picture of her like showing the sheet like not me that's no that's not no. me that's a ghost ghost <laughs> but so <gasps> She becomes arrested here, and she was originally arrested under Section 4 of the Vagrancy Act of 1824, for, which was a minor offense. But the authorities were like, no, we need to get this bitch for something else. We're going to charge her with witchcraft. What? So in 1944, they used one of the oldest laws on the books, and they fucking charged her with witchcraft. So this trial just obviously everyone's like, whoa, this is fun. And then like, oh, scandalous or whatever. I don't know what they would say in Scotland. Um, yeah, I would sure. say blimey, but that's so English. I don't fucking Scots. Okay. So then it turns into this whole media circus, obviously, because everyone's like, oh, it's fucking witchcraft child. Yes. Is she a duck? Let's see if she floats. So they... Um, can we burn? No, can we burn? Uh, so lots of witnesses were called to the seance to talk about her seances and everything, including a journalist who said that he had seen Arthur Conan Doyle materialize at a seance. So Sherlock Holmes's author like shows up. I'm sure like high on fucking hmm. heroin and cocaine, and it's just like the worst ghost ever. Just like, can, can I get another <laughs> fix? Like he's just all cracked out, and then there's, there's like stop there's talking. There's no drugs on the other side. <laughs> Uh, so they also start producing photographs, including the one where uh, Peggy appeared to slither out of Duncan's nose, and his face is obviously that of a child stall. It's so obviously a child stall. Mm. And I'm just so like, how dark were these rooms? <laughs> like, you see the picture, she'd be like, how did you, did you, oh, okay. Mm. Um, so they found her guilty, and she was sentenced. Um, 
But then after this, Winston Churchill got a, got a word of this, and he was like, "What the fuck? Like, what are y'all doing?" Yeah. And he complained. He wrote this very terse memo, um, which is really great, and it's complaining about the misuse of court resources and the absolute tomfoolery of the charge. Um, and this, it's really great. I can't answer the quote. So, in an April 1944 memo to Herbert Morrison at the Home Office. Churchill said, like, whoever wrote this, like, Churchill scribbled furiously. I'm sure he was, like, writing so fast. So um, fast. Let me have let me have a report on why the Witchcraft Act 1735 was used in a modern court of justice. What was the cost of this trial to the state? Observing that witnesses were brought from Portsmouth, I mean, here in this crowded London for a fortnight, and the recorder kept busy with all of this obsolete tomfoolery to the detriment of necessary work of the courts. Woo. He's like, yeah, you're right, Churchill. What the fuck? Like, how much money? Like, we're in a war right now. People are, people are, and you're gonna like ship in fucking like witnesses for a month for this fucking like media circus on a shit like a law from 200 years ago. So she's tomfoolery indeed. It is indeed tomfoolery. So she was released after serving nine months in 1945, and she promised to stop conducting seances, but they arrested her at another one in 1956. But she unfortunately died right after that. But yeah, that's Helen. But they charged her in 1956. It wasn't witchcraft. It was probably something else. Probably fraudulent mediumship or vagrancy or something. Fraudulent mediumship. Is that? I, is that other books? I don't know. Um, like, what I mean, fuck? technically, it's fraud. I mean, if you're taking people's money for a service that isn't real, that's fraud. So, I mean, well, I don't they know believe if they, it, but if they believe it's real, if they believe like, it's real, but then you have a fucking like, yeah. But if you have a paper mache doll and what? you're like <laughs> vomiting up eggs, like that's not real. That's fair, that's so that fair. that, that is fraud. fraud. Yeah, that's fraud. What is it? I don't yeah. know. I think it's wild that fraudulent mediumship. All right, we'll have to look to see if this was actually in the books. But so, yeah. part of that too is, as you know, again, like I said, we're coming off of spiritualism as the 1940s. Um, spiritualism is going since like 1870, like eight, mid 1800s. I'm just making dates now. Yeah. But it's been going for like 100 years. And there's yeah. a lot of people that are invested in it. So I wouldn't be surprised that they actually passed laws to be like, yeah. So, yep. Yeah, but as a result, they finally took that fucking law off the books in 1944. They finally took off that you can't convict somebody for being a fucking witch. That was nice of them. Yeah, so that's what Helen brought us. So good on you, Helen Duncan. <laughs> that's insane. I can't wait to see these pictures. Okay. So yeah, so seances. Seances. So, well, I mean, I guess the supplies that, that our uh, Winchester brothers buy are about on par with fucking, you know, egg whites and toilet paper because they go get a bag of stuff from the corner store and they have a SpongeBob SquarePants placemat instead of an altar cloth. <laughs> so. I mean, it works. I mean, you need an altar cloth. I mean, just, just because it comes from the bottom of the sea doesn't mean you're not going to be able to like get a spirit to come through. You may get some like really great crabs. You mean? Oh, uh, so they, yeah. So, um, and as they're leaving the store, all of a sudden, uh, there's a guy walking across the street and he has a bright light behind him. So it's the sign and Sam wants to go stop him. He does not want to go kill this guy. He wants to stop him from whatever he's going to do terrible. Cause he knows he's going to do something terrible. 
And Dean is like, nope, this is stupid. It's a terrible idea. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm bored. I want to go do something. So he locks uh, Sam out of baby and goes to follow that guy and tell Sam to go do the seance uh, at the church. And the guy that he's following goes and picks up a chick and gives her flowers. And you're like, oh shit. You kind of, you're like, I, I know. Yeah, you know, you're like, I know, I know where I this know, is going. <laughs> I know where this is going. So um, Sam, we come back to Sam. He's doing the seance and seems to be going pretty well to get started. And then the priest catches him and is pissed because he's doing a fucking seance in the basement of a fucking church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually frowned upon. Uh, but all of a sudden, as the priest trying to like, like pull him out of the whole crypt and all, um, there's a super bright light and they both see it. And so, and it's Father Gregory. So it is Father Gregory, the dead priest's spirit that they're seeing. And basically his argument, he believes that he's an angel. He's convinced himself in the afterlife that he's an angel and that he's been answering um, the other priest's prayers by doing this to help resolve people that have been committing crimes. It's kind of crazy. So Sam tries to tell him to move on, but he just insists that he's there to help and that there's not really going to move on because he's an angel. And this is what he does now. Well, and uh, Father Gregory does like throw some pretty good dogma into his face. Uh, he's like, man, men can't be angels. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're a, a Catholic, like you know, the Father Gregory was like, oh no, mm -hmm. they are a different race. Like yeah. they are, they are a different Absolutely. type of being. You can't set, uh, which I guess is just depending on which Christian mythology you follow. Because I know in some, like, you know, you die and then you, an angel gets his wings, like, you know, like, but if you're going based off of just the actual dogma, right? Then they then are a separate human, race. Yeah. Men, Angels men are one race. Human beings are a separate yeah. race. And there's actually like, it, depending on which, like, I mean, I, I, a lot of the fictional lore around, like, what do you? I don't know. Like, there's a word for it, and I lost it. But anyways, like the Catholic mythology or myth, like stuff like that that I get into, like I enjoy, like. I really like, like the show Lucifer and like things like that, where you got angels and like, I really liked some of like the, I don't know, stigmata movies and stuff like that. Like, I just really, I love that shit. Anyways, uh, Catholic mysticism is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but mysticism anyways, like, that is kind fucking of stuff. fascinating. But yeah, it is. I love that shit. But it's the, the, the concept is that there is actually some tension between humans and angels, even though angels, anyways, the, that's that's kind of like the and I know that there's gonna be stuff in the series later on about it. Blah blah blah. blah Maybe blah. there could uh, be an angel okay. that's really heavily involved in this. Weird, I don't know. weird. I mean, I don't look at our Instagram ever or anything, and we don't follow any supernatural theme like. <laughs> so I don't know anything about that. And I am not I, spoiling anything. But but that is like that is a very common thread here. So it's kind of interesting because you're right. They're like, no, you were you were a person. You were human. You can't be an angel. So. Anyways, um, so there, the the Father Gregory, the dead priest spirit, is trying to justify having people kill to prevent things from happening or punishing bad people because it's you know it's helping them be having the, giving them like salvation. It's very bizarre. He's like convinced that they get God's grace because they did this because of God. Even then, even if they're locked up, they're at peace now. Real fucked up. Anyways, and so the living priest explains that it cannot be God's will or God's word because thou shalt not kill is pretty fucking basic. So 
yeah. So we cut back to uh, Dean lost the car he was following for a minute, and then he find, and then we um, get a shot of the car pulled over, and um, the guy leans over aggressively to kiss her, and uh, she's like, "Oh, ha ha, we go to the movie," and then he fucking hits her in the face and goes after her with a razor in the car. So I'm like, "Oh yeah, we saw this coming. He's going to be a fucking rapey piece of shit." Uh, so luckily Dean does find them because he smashes the window out and helps get her out of the car. But then he drives off. Son of a bitch. Dean, Dean, Dean so like, here's the thing too, that this is once again, now I know Sam wanted, was told by the angel ordered to kill this guy. And obviously this guy is a fucking piece of human garbage. However, he was, the sign came before he had done anything. And so did he know that he was going to try to rape this chick? I don't know. Did, had he already decided this or did, was it, I mean, who knows, but the whole thing was, it goes back to the ethical dilemma I was having earlier in the episode that we talked about already. So there we go. Um, yeah. So we, uh, cut back to the, um, the dead priest having his existential crisis about not being an angel and about trying to, uh, give people, grant people salvation. (laughs) And finally, the basically the the living priest says, "Look, let me let me do your last rites." So he kneels and starts flickering and disappears. Yeah, so he does the last rites and it works. And I'm like, "Could you just do that all the time, or does that only work with him? Because it's his that was his beliefs." I don't know. That's a good question. Because I'd be like, "This seems a lot easier than burning up, like digging up a bunch of bones and burning them. Like, or just say the last rites every spirit." It'll save you a lot of time and sweat. But, I mean, but you have to the, be a priest to do it. True. And was it, you know, it mainly only works because that priest believes it at the same time. I'm like, yeah, this seems a lot easier. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're going to get a car chase. We get a car chase. Let's get excited. We get a car chase. And uh, apparently they wanted to make this car chase a lot more badass than it was. It was still a good car chase, but apparently the roads are all covered in ice and it was dangerous. Oh, that's a good reason. Yeah. Uh, and then we get some Final Destination shit. <laughs> that's what I have too. Final Destination death. <laughs> I think that that scene haunts everybody and forever and ever, amen, that will be the reference. So um, basically uh, to describe it, if you are, need a reminder or if you haven't watched or whatever, the there's um, a truck kind of like spins out an intersection and the rapey dude is too close and a pole flies off the back of this truck and through the windshield of the rapey car and through the guy's body. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And why? And we, what was really funny because we were talking about this like a week ago yeah. when I was in Dallas. Like, oh, no, can't, can't drive behind those things. Nope. I, I will say the scariest thing that I ever had happen, I was driving a convertible and the top was down and there was rocks flying off the back of a truck, like oh. huge. And literally like flew like over my head, like over the windshield and like over my head of the convertible and like landed on the ground behind me but I was just like what because it's also like what the fuck do I do now and I'm a pretty defensive driver and I'm yeah. really good at like except for that time I hit a hog although I did I miss most of him um but I mean and generally like I'm pretty like good instincts and I can move out of the way but at that point I'm like I don't know what to do like there's mm. I'm like all right just hold her out of the steering wheel like we're just going and we're gonna see what happens so yeah yeah, so yeah. F- final destination happens. Yes, 
And then we, uh, and Dean is like just visibly shocked by this, by the way, which doesn't happen. I don't think a ton of time with him. Like he kind of just like, actually like, yeah, what is about everything? And he's like, what the fuck? When he sees this shit. So we cut back to the motel and- Motel um, awesome. Motel awesome. And um, Sam is pretty bombed, honestly. And he says, you're right. It wasn't an angel. It was the priest spirit all along. And he takes a, a, a swig from the flask. Yeah. You know. um, and he just really, really wanted to believe. Your beliefs have been shook. Have some whiskey. Uh, yeah, like you do. But and he really needed that faith to kind of keep himself from drowning in all the evil is what he talks about. Um, and that he really, he liked the idea of not, of keeping his faith and being saved. And it ties into his fear of turning evil is by having this faith and the ability to be redeemed. Um, so. Yeah, and it, you know, it's want there's that belief in a higher power, right? He was mm-hmm. like, I just wanted something to believe. And, you know, obviously we're so many seasons to go through. Um, but I think it's a very interesting point too, just of they've seen so much badness, right? All they see is death and they're just always just preventing things or killing things and not really getting to see beyond the people they save. Like they're not getting that other half, which is, you know, that kind of faith problem you have anyways, right? Because you're just like, you're, you're supposed to have faith when things are bad, but it's really nice to get the good shit too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like I just wanted, I just wanted something good. Like yeah. I wanted, I wanted to have some hope. And but then we get this really interesting turn because Dean's like, I just saw a final destination death. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, you know, that guy was a bad guy. So the angel, or the it wasn't an angel, it was the spirit. But the spirit was kind of right. That guy was a fuck out, a fucktard. You know, he was a shitbag. Like, but and that you wouldn't have believed. Like he said that you wouldn't have believed how he died if he hadn't seen it himself and he says kind of ends with saying maybe that was god's will well i mean the the spirit had already moved on yeah so so who knows like why that happened because the spirit moved on before the beam the pole went through rapey face so uh and during all this knock i'm during all this knocking on heaven's door is playing by the way uh so Nice little outro. Damn it, I just got that song out of my head. And it, it, it is written in my notes that you're not going to knock on Heaven's Door. But not my fault. That's, that song is just terrible, fucking stuff in your head, though. It, it's bad. It's, yeah. Yeah, and no, not and not the Guns N' Roses version. That was awful. And it's a very repetitive song. Fat Axel, you're bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> But yeah, so I thought it was an interesting episode because there was the good, di- the big dynamic I'll share about the brothers that I that I was observing was um, Dean's super negative reaction to Faith, which is kind of weird considering what they do a little bit. I get it, but I also like argue that it kind of is in- incongruous with what he does. But you also see a glimpse of Sam's faith and why he is clinging to that because he has so much fear about becoming bad and evil. And then um, and then also like the episode in general that was kind of, eh. <laughs> That's what I got. <laughs> with a be- Wait, there's some stuff that was really fucking cool. And then like, oh, man, these, they come up with a lot of ethical dilemmas on this. Yeah, and... and- I'm okay with thematic ethical dilemmas. And it was a Kim Manners episode and a Sarah and a Sarah episode. So it kind of makes sense. It kind of runs with their themes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't that exciting of an episode. There wasn't anything that was, I don't know. It was an interesting twist. Yeah. 
It was because it wasn't even that much of a twist or a surprise because Dean said it early on and you knew that was a possibility. It was it was a 50-50 chance that that was probably what the answer was. And so it was kind of interesting and in that it wasn't a total like, what, oh my God, or like, oh, there was a close call. It was really like just a slow burn episode in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it, it is interesting because we're used to monsters of the week yeah. that it was like, oh, do we have a new monster being introduced? And then they're like, ah, no, no monsters. No just monsters. Just and a ghost so- trying to do good, but by doing good, kind of doing evil. Mm. Oh, what? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, good, but it does. We're, we're tying a lot into the vengeance for, versus justice, faith. What does that really mean in the context of the show's mythology? What you know, and yeah, I also just think they kind of need some good shit to happen. Like yeah. this has been a pretty depressing year for these guys. Yeah, I, I yeah. Every time they think that things are going well, all of a sudden something real bad happens. Like they get stuck inside of a bank heist. I don't know. Yeah. But then they get to go to a cool motel awesome and and hang out with some magic fingers. Magic and, fingers. And some kick-ass bitches on the wall. So, I, yeah, that's all I got on this one. You got anything else? No, that's all I got. All righty. So on the womp womp note, <laughs> it'll get better. All right, cool. All right, cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't be a dick production. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.